I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Friends, Romans, countrymen, it's Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis Ellis, joined by my beloved co-host, Julio Gallarati. G, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? Oh, uh, week week forty eight, feeling good, baby. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, how are you? What's happening? Anything funny happened recently? Yeah, dude. Uh, I have been uh, doing this new thing where I record customer service calls. So if I'm calling about anything involving money, I record it because too many times I'll call and I'll get something completely handled and then call back and they have no idea what I'm talking about and there's no record of it and it pisses me off. All right, fine, but you're let's say that you call them back and they're like, yeah, we don't have any record of this. What do you do? Do you just play the recording of your previous conversation to that new sales representative? You just tell them that you have a recording of it. And then they are much more like, Oh, he can literally prove it because dude, this is what I do. When they go, just so you know, this is my favorite. When they go, we want to let you know that this call is being recorded for quality assurance. Yes, I yes. say, I just want you to know that I am also recording this call for quality assurance. <laughs> And I say, for, if for whatever reason, we drop the call or you lose record of it, don't worry. I got you. Unbelievable. Yeah, dude. I love it. My girlfriend says I'm a psychopath. Well, it, it's sort of like uh, <laughs> being like, I want to talk to your manager. And then them being like, I want to talk to your manager. <laughs> dude. It's just a complete, you know... Karen measuring contest. Dude, <laughs> I mean, Karen has become a buzzword in all of this. I know. And I think I think it probably was beforehand, but uh, you know, our hearts break for anyone whose whose actual name is Karen. Because... I have a young friend named Karen. Do you? Yeah, which sucks for her sort of because like you said, it's it's sort of like has a boomer attachment. It, 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 I don't know about uh, see, maybe I don't. Think maybe you're, you're, actually, I think of I think of people. It's like woke Twitter, and people who oh. call 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 the police uh, to say that their neighbors are not social distancing properly. Right, 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 right. The tattletaling vigilante social justice warrior, you know, who 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 has found a truly self-important role in all of this so do you think karen does not necessarily have an age specification attached to it i don't know i think the name itself speaks of a, a, a time gone by um right. I don't but not really necessarily think... boomer you're right you're right right maybe like I a think... 40 year old yes yeah when i think right when i think of karen's the image that comes to mind is like yeah uh sort of a, a woman wearing like a, 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 a dress or a shawl made out of flax. <laughs> you know, flax, that's stuff that you can also eat. And then with like horn-rimmed Warby Parker sunglasses and, you know, goes out into her street in Brooklyn Heights and makes and straightens the sign that says, please curb your dog. Right, right, right. To gotcha. make sure they don't pee in the flower in the tree beds. <laughs> a community warrior. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
circulates petitions to prevent the development of a new high-rise building. Right. That kind of person. Right. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry to hear that about your cousin. That does seem kind of damning. No, no, it's not my cousin. It's just a girl I'm friends with. How old is she? She's young. She's like 25. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll phase out. We'll see. Yeah. Um, dude, so much to discuss. Holy shit. I, I, I have, let's start with a reader submission that Please. scared the absolute bejesus out of me. Um, so they submitted this as an oops, but I don't even know if that's the right way to describe it. Um, so this is from a, a guy named Sean. And he's a registered nurse in Philadelphia. He had an amputee patient one day. Sean comes into the room, introduces himself after the patient was admitted. During the intake, Sean was asked about past medical history. Pretty standard admission. Uh, diet, this guy, was the, the patient was a diabetic, severe neuropathy. Uh, and that was pretty much it. Uh, it was going to be a one-day post-op below-the-knee amputation. Uh, Sean just assumed poor adherence to diabetic management was what had happened here. He asks what happened, and the patient says the following. Well, I was asleep, and I felt something tickling my foot, which is strange because I have no sensation, no sensation in my feet because of my diabetes. I didn't even bother to scratch it or anything because I was so tired. I woke up the next morning to a bed saturated in blood because there was a humongous rat eating my toes. This was in a very poor area in North Philadelphia where the vermin population is abundant. Hands down, the most disturbing thing I've seen in my 10 years as a nurse. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my god that is terrible dude all right so here's what i said i said holy shit that is terrifying <laughs> i said so why did they have to amputate did the rat eat a ton of the foot and he goes no not so much just a solid filling meal for splinter but <laughs> When you have diabetes, the excess circulating blood glucose causes the nerves in your peripheral nervous system to become desensitized. As a result, you lose feeling over time. So severe neuropathy individuals can't feel anything. As an example for, for a frontline nurse, anyone who has diabetes, you tell them to close their eyes and move their toe up and down and ask them where their toe is in space. If they answer it right three times, they are a mild case. I think this is Sean just showing us how good he is at his job. Uh, he goes, I suspect the rat said up, down, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> and if, if you don't cut it off, meaning the foot, the necrosis will start to spread proximal toward vital organs from the hands and feet. So they have to amputate to avoid that. Damn. I just, Damn, I mean, bro. Damn. Diabetes, bro. That's a diabetes it, commercial. I, this is going to sound very white privilege but I just can't imagine how far 
things would have to tumble in order for me to get to a point where I, I'm a sleeping and I feel a scratching of my foot and it's a rat eating my toes. And I'm like, ah, it's probably nothing. <laughs> Dude, that is horrifying. <laughs> oh, I can't even. And you know what though, Sean, the answer still is yes. It is because of the diabetes. Like if he couldn't, if he could have felt his, his foot to begin with, that would have been more than a tickle. A I rat eating so. your foot is more than a tickle. It sure is. It sure is more than a tickle. It's a lot more than a tickle. <laughs> Did you know rats have like gizzards so they can just eat anything and digest it? What are gizzards? I think it's like a thing in your, I, I'm paraphrasing. I have no idea, but I know that it's like something that helps you just digest anything. I think it's like somewhere on the way to your digestion. And I think chickens have them too or something. Chickens have them because you can buy chickens with gizzards or without gizzards. Or maybe just that's know, giblets. giblets. That's, oh, right. Well, but you're right. Chickens do have gizzards, I think. We would have to, we got to double check this. But dude, the, uh, I know that rats can eat like metal and shit because of it. They can literally eat anything, including your bones. Fuck, man. But dude, if I saw a rat right now, I would feel happy because it would mean that we're like the New York I used to know is coming, coming back. back. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I don't like rats very much. I haven't. Um, Chris, is, Chris is positing that uh, the rats have turned on each other, perhaps because so few people are riding the subway and throwing their trash and food in and places. Restaurants. So they might start eating each other. It's possible, Chris. We can't know. We're not big rat people. But, dude, speaking of chickens... <laughs> Yesterday, we had a big burn fire, like a brush fire. My parents did. We used to do this growing up. So we've got 12 acres of woods here, but we bought the land from a guy who was using it as a dump site for his trash. So it was really cheap. Um, but it's really nice because we, we spent many years cleaning it up. And one of the things that we did to clean it up was we would every weekend we would have these, uh, these brush fires. And we would have to go down to the fire department in Freeport and get a burn permit. And then they give you your burn permit if the weather's not like super dry and windy. And then you have your brush, brush fire. And these fires get big, dude. Um, I mean, we're talking, you know, we're dragging like trees over and sawing up logs and gets real hot. Last night, there's a couple, a young couple that my, my girlfriend and I met at a brewery here in Maine over the summer. And we got their number there. They've been our neighbors for a long time. And we, I was texting with this guy cause we've seen him as we've been walking around the neighborhood. And we told them to come have a beer with us in front of the, the brush fire. So he and his wife came over and we sat down and I had an idea for a funny Instagram picture, which I'm going to post tomorrow uh, where I'm grilling a whole rotisserie chicken on the end of a big stick over the fire. And it started out as a joke. I just wanted to get this picture and be like, you know, I'm a caveman or whatever. And I'll, you'll see it tomorrow. But <laughs> then once, once the gig was up, I just put the chicken on the stick and leaned it kind of over and above the fire. And as we talked, I watched this chicken 
became more and more brown and golden and delicious looking. So I got up and I turned it and I cooked it over a fire so perfectly that as we're sitting there, I just started eating it. <laughs> this thing, I had pulled it out of the package as a raw chicken, stuffed it on a, a big stick that I fetched out of the woods, like a head <laughs> on a spike, and then cooked it as we were talking to these dignified people. <laughs> My girlfriend later on, <laughs> She goes, listen, we need to talk after after they'd left. She was like, you went full caveman there. Once we return to normal, you're going to have to find a way to act like a human being in decent society. Again. <laughs> she goes, it was fine when you were just sort of turning it. But then you, you started eating it using your bare hands, the very hands that you'd used to pull the raw chicken from its packaging and stuff it on a spike. She goes, it's not easy for me to keep the conversation going with nice people while my boyfriend is acting like a Cro-Magnon man, you know? Dude, it was so funny. I, I, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was just eating this delicious chicken. Did you offer some, some to them by grunting? Or? I, I said, I wondered, I asked if they wanted an hors d'oeuvre and it turns out that they were pescatarians. Come on. They were even more grossed out because they don't like chicken. So they've been adhering to their pescatarianism during all this? I guess so. I guess this is, you know, there's plenty of fish to buy and yeah, vegetables. I, I don't know, dude. I'm not into that. Hey, you're wearing a SpaceX uh, sweatshirt. That's pretty cool. Thanks, man. Dude, Which, I, so I, it's a good story about this sweatshirt. I lost it while I was while I was here. And the people that I'm with, I asked them if, talked if about they, this. we talked about it already. You will no, no, you said you'd gone crazy. You thought you were going crazy. I remember this. This is it. Where was it? I, it just appeared in my room. I have no idea what happened. Sounds like one of your housemates got some curious fingers. Somebody must have jacked it for a little and then returned it or something. But dude, I thought I was going crazy. So I'm glad that it's been recovered. How did you get a SpaceX sweatshirt? From a friend who, it's actually a funny story. He broke into the SpaceX like area or whatever. Uh, and they got, he owns like a, he owned a, co a clothing brand. And the guy, the security guy who caught them was a fan of the fucking clothing brand. Jesus Christ. So he's like, dude, I'll send you guys some merch. And they sent him some shit too. I mean, just so many questions, you know. I mean, Julio, you know, how are you friends with these people? You know, I don't, who's breaking into the SpaceX headquarters? First of all, how is that even possible? I would have thought that that would have been the most intense security system. I know. I don't, I'm not really fully sure, but these kids are like very rambunctious as in adulthood. They're kind of like the kind of like skater meets hip-hop world guys okay who just love kind of like being troublesome i thought those get... kids climbed water towers and then when they finished their beer threw it off exactly those kind of kids they didn't break into spacex yeah but they ended up becoming very successful can and... you tell us the name of the brand or do we not want to incriminate them i'm gonna maybe not incriminate them because but... now i want to buy their clothes it's a brand that you that, that you may or may not know about. Probably don't. 
it's like me. right it's right on the cusp of being really big Damn. but it's it's big in like the kind of like an la hip-hop kind of world guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if i were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Dude, it's funny. So it's so funny that we're on the same wavelength about this because I have a story that I'm also intending to post a picture about tomorrow. You, you, okay. The way that your chicken story. Yes. And it's not, it's not as good because it didn't happen recently, but I was looking through my old pictures and I just remembered a really funny time. I was in Jordan. I know I've mentioned country. a couple times. Yeah, I was there for a few months. You know we know the royal family there. I know, I know. I think cool. we talked about it a little. Yeah. That, which is crazy. Another crazy parallel. Yeah. Anyway, my friend, my friend went to King's Academy, which is why I was there. He was lonely, cool. and his parents were like, we'll pay for you to go if you feel like going for like a while. I was like, okay. Wow. Um, anyway, I was by myself a lot during the days because he had school. So I had a guy bring me around to all the sites. So I went to this old Roman ruins called Girage. Okay? Oh, and I was going to say Petra. I thought maybe you were going to say Petra. I've been there too. It was incredible. Cool. Um, All right. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It must be nice. Right. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It is. yeah. I'm very lucky. Um, but but do, do you know when you're in like a country uh, with less infrastructure and you get country, to yeah. under well, yeah sure and you yeah. get to one of their historical sites? There's no like formal tour. There's just right. guys walking around being like, I'll give you a tour. Yeah. So I I agreed to give this guy five bucks and then he made me take like a photo shoot by myself so there's there's all these pictures of me by myself holding a cigarette wearing insane prada sunglasses dude that i just look like some like kid from saudi arabia or something yeah yeah and it's such a weird series of photos that i'm just gonna post it because of how awkward it is i was i love that so many cigarettes dude were you ripping you were ripping cigs there probably a shit like a pack a day probably oh god and I'll tell you what, I look so uncool in these photos that this can serve as its own anti-smoking ad, in my opinion. Dude, sometimes I, sometimes I think you might be 45 years old. There, <laughs> there are me. chunks of your life that are not, I cannot account for. Just massive periods of your life where you lived two or three years doing something that do not square with where you are now. <laughs> My girlfriend says that to me too. And she says it in a very suspicious and accusatory way that I don't like. International man of mystery. I like it. Well, I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that she's not a fan, but for us, it, it, it le leads to very good fodder for the pod. Um, <laughs> but dude, so I didn't mean to cut you off. Was that the end of your Jordan story? That, that's it. I want to, I'm excited to see these pictures. They're pretty funny, dude. They're pretty bad. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing you can do when the tour guide takes the camera and it's like, I'm going to take these pictures. Dude, it's horrible. And then, dude, I was looking through other pictures too, and I just found pictures of myself taking selfies with my camera, smoking cigarettes in the bathtub of my hotel. 
and and it was old, dude. And it's old, and it's like a sepia filter. It's so bad. How old were you when you did this? Twenty-four. Okay, yeah, dude. Twenty-two to twenty-six. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know shit, dude. That period where you've just been pushed out of college and forced to fend for yourself, but before you figured anything out, it was it was anyone's guess, dude, what I was doing or where I was during that period of my life. 100%. Makes me not want to have children because yeah. they need to be worried about until the age of 26. That, is, like that is the risk, the high risk time. Speaking of high risk time. <laughs> so North Korea, I don't know if you've been following. Oh, I Kim Jong-un may or may not be either dead or very close to it. Or he could be completely fine. We have no idea. <laughs> How funny is that? The three possibilities incredible. is the whole gambit. <laughs> it's every possibility are the possibilities. It's basically so nothing has changed. He's, <laughs> we know nothing. But we're talking about it, which, which makes me think he's dead and that he's probably been dead for like a month. <laughs> it's possible, dude. That's how tight their lockdown of information is. Now, everyone's talking about his possible successors uh, as ruler of the Hermit Kingdom. And perhaps the leading candidate is his sister, Kim Yo Jong. And this lady went viral a couple of years ago for lurking. Do you remember this? No. Whenever her brother, Kim Jong-un, he went to visit Trump. And they were like walking around somewhere and she was just always in the background, like peering around corners being like, as it like the pink Panther, like the cover of a pink <laughs> Panther DVD. And she's done this a lot. Like she's just always kind of around and it gives her sort of an air of like a Cersei Lannister type person. Right. And what we're about to see, and I wrote about this. I truly think, the ruling of North Korea is about to go into a true Game of Thrones musical chairs uh, ascension battle. Because there are a couple people that are theoretically vying for the throne. Now, for those listening at home, uh, the Un the family, uh, North Korea was founded in 1948 by the guy who was chosen by the Soviets. Kim Il-sung. Kim Il-sung, exactly. And he ruled for 46 years until he died in 1996, I think. 1994. 1994. Well done. And then he was succeeded by Kim... Jong-il. Jong-il. And then his son, Kim Jong-un. And now... Here we are. It's Here we are. Well done, Julio. Good, good so, collaboration. This is great. And the ruling family is said to have been born in a volcano that is now extinct. <laughs> I think it's called the Petka. I don't know. Bloodline. And like they have, they have symbolic and mythical, almost magical claim to the, the throne of North Korea. Even that's whatever. So there, that's why, yeah, Pektu Mountain is Thank what you, it's Chris. called. It's, it, it sounds almost like the origin story of so, uh, Scientology. I was but, just thinking that. It's hilarious. Yeah. Very similar. Um, so uh, the sister has 
claim in that she is of direct lineage of that peg two bloodline right? right but then there's also like she's married to this big swinging dick named chong who whose dad was like a major player in the in the hierarchy of the government uh and then they have an uncle dude they have an uncle who would be a pretty good bet but he's so obsessed with eric clapton that he has no interest <laughs> i'm not even kidding you dude that's amazing he's obsessed with eric clapton <laughs> he does not want to live in north korea because he loves going to eric clapton concerts so much <laughs> don't they have a gay brother too an older uh, yeah, brother? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think so yeah and then doesn't qualify yeah and then um there's another uncle who's been living abroad for 40 years and they say he's not viable or not that interested so it's possible that the woman the daughter kim yo jong is going to become the leader of north korea if kim jong-un dies and the problem with that is it's such a patriarchal society that people worry uh, nobody will accept her or right. respect her. And right. as a result, they're saying that she might consolidate her power through fear. In 2011, when Kim Jong-un took over the ruling of the country, he killed everybody. His family members. And Fucking killed everybody. Yeah, it was crazy. And so they're saying that she might do that again. Wow. I just think, whew, to be a fly on the wall of that execution chamber, buddy. Oh, you love it. Kids are going to roll. And they're going <laughs> to roll in funky ways, too. I mean, I think she's going to come up with some super, super dastardly ways to kill these people. <laughs> Isn't that Jesus. a fun, what a fun time to be alive, right? It's really stressful. But yeah, I guess I haven't really thought about it like that. I was kind of more afraid of like the the idea of and it seems unlikely but some kind of proxy war between the u.s and china because of you know whatever like assume if for some reason there were to be a revolution in north korea which seems unlikely but you never know i guess well are we are we not really on the same side as china when it comes to north korea very much not on the same side i thought the chinese were afraid of them too they, but they, they share a border and they will, they all, they're their top source of aid and they'll never turn their back on them just because it has such strategic okay. importance. If, if you're really interested in North Korea, which I am, the, the guy who created Vice, uh, Shane Smith, has done multiple documentaries uh, where he travels to North Korea and they are absolutely phenomenal and they're fascinating. Um, and it's a good way to lose like 45 minutes. Dude, so I got a couple more good ones too. Please, I, please. Am I interrupting you? Did you have more? No, not at all. Come on. Um, so the, both Dennis Rodman documentaries in North Korea are incredible as well. Yes. There's two of them. There's one Showtime. I forget where the other one is, but it's amazing. Highly recommend. Um, and there's Did another documentary. On his trips there? Yeah. So they did one where they like do it from the outside and then they did one from within. So you could see like why he was acting as crazy as he was. And it was just because he was hammered the entire time. Dennis was yes, and dude, there's there's footage of him holding hands with North Korean leaders, like they're holding hands. Right, right. it's just like hilarious. Um, really, really interesting. Jesus. Um, there's another one, dude, that I saw. This is crazy. It's about these white Americans who defected to North Korea during the Korean War. 
So they crossed the border and they decided they were going to live in communist North Korea. And at first, you know, they were kind of trying to lure people over, but then the reality on the ground wasn't supportive of that. Like people hated America there. There's very obviously strong anti-American sentiment. So these people had to kind of live in like in secret and stuff for a while. But eventually Kim Il-sung commissioned his son, Kim Jong-il, with making a 20-part documentary about the history of North Korea. And they needed white people to play Americans. So they cast these Americans who had defected as all these roles, and they became celebrities in the country. (laughs) And they lived in Pyongyang, and they lived like the best life that you can live in North Korea for the rest of their life living there. And there's a whole documentary about it. It's amazing. Dude, that's insane. So that elevated their status, and then they became celebrated citizens of North Korea? Yep. If you're like the top of the food chain there, you live in the city, you get the best rations, you get the best everything. And they lived this elevated status because they were national celebrities for these, from these films. You know, it's on a smaller scale in China, there is a thing called, uh, they cast white actors in roles to legitimize businesses. And so, so like what, there will be speaking conferences for let's say a pharmaceutical company in China Mm -hmm. and that company will hire a white actor to come in and play a director of operations (laughs) who reads a speech at a podium that they wrote for the guy. And then everyone in the audience just thinks because there's so much, um, there's so much onus on on the like the, the image of white people being involved, wanting to do business with your company that if these companies can be hiring these white people they must be more successful and so they hire these actors and these guys come in and they're fucking like they've done you know a tiny guest role on Law and Order SVU <laughs> <laughs> and like their IMDb page sucks and then they get they're, they're speaking to thousands of people. And when I was in China with my buddy Donnie for Barcelona, like he's done, he's done these roles before. No way. Yeah, and he's gotten hired to do them, and it's like hysterical because he just totally <laughs> fucks with the people and goes off script. That's and awesome. like a lot of the time, there's very little structure because most of the audience doesn't speak English anyway, so it doesn't matter. You're just right. there to be an image thing. But we were trying to set it up so that I would get one of these white speak white speaking roles, but. The, <laughs> Fortunately, the timing didn't didn't match up. But it was I remember like going back and forth with the representative. They were asking if I had like marine biology experience. And I just lied and was like, yes, I went to Harvard and they had a big marine biology department that was very near my dorm room. And they were like, good enough. But the timing, the timing, the the, the conference was happening after I left. But that's crazy. So they have these actors playing like you know, CFO of Alibaba, who realistically are just like actors who have barely been in anything. Correct. And, <laughs> and, and dude, they might not even necessarily be actors. Like they might just be random white dudes that were like picked up on the street. But what, what ends up happening is like, okay, so yeah, in China, you know, they, they grade the cities based on how developed they are and like clean. And so you've got your, your tier one cities, I think which is Shanghai, Beijing, and one or two others. But then as you get to like tier three cities, they're just as populated 
as some of the big cities, but they are way more poor and they're like way off the beaten path. Like Wuhan is, is not, I don't think a great city. Right. So in a lot of those cities, a lot of those people have never seen a white person before. That's crazy. I have trouble believing that in a well, city that maybe, big. Maybe they've seen them, but like they've seen very few. Right. So if a person, a white person gets hired to go speak at a conference in one of those cities for like a major, you know, manufacturing company, um, it just makes people think like, oh, I got to respect this company. Right. And it's, I mean, it's like, it, it redefines white privilege. You know what I mean? Like you can get cast in these, get these plum roles simply because you're white. It's fucking crazy, dude. Dude, that's fucking hilarious. China's wild place. Yeah, man. Um, okay, but any, Sorry, what do you got? No, no. Did you I don't want to talk, Julio. So tell me what you were going to say. <laughs> well, I just, this remind, talking about Wuhan reminded me not to beat the coronavirus stuff to death, but it reminded me how my, I made one of the worst predictions of all time about the outcome, by the way, oh, if you yeah. guys are, a couple of people have DM me about it and like, I completely own up to it. You're right. I was completely wrong. Um, but it's funny that Francis was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Not only Francis accidentally started talking about the prone position before it became known as a treatment for coronavirus patients. Sure did. Sure did. You're telling the future. <laughs> Keep going. I like where this is going. It's good. But dude, literally like the prone bone is saving lives. Prone bone saving lives. Now, I don't know if a lot of these uh, stricken coma patients are actually being boned uh, while they're prone. <laughs> but hey, desperate times call for desperate measures. I, it could help, you know? <laughs> Dude, so funny, man. But yes, we've gotten a number of DMs and emails from uh, medical people who have been saying that, you know, they listen to the podcast and then all they're hearing right now is how to make sure that the patient is prone, 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 <laughs> prone, 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 prone. And they immediately start thinking about how I'm a big prone bone guy. Little bit PB and J, you know? Um, that's what we need in these in these rough times. So... Uh, shout out to our, our medical listeners. We appreciate you uh, proning all the patients for us. We do indeed, dude. Well said. Yeah. Um, but you did watch the most recent episode of uh, The Last Dance and Dennis Rod. It was the Dennis Rodman episode. And you had that great experience with him. We talked about his involvement with North Korea. Um, when, you know, when something like this comes up, I mean, do you, how much do you think this will redefine Dennis Rodman's legacy? This guy went from being, you know, this bad boy, eccentric, rabble-rousing, but, but tenacious rebounder, decorated NBA player. Is he in the Hall of Fame? I would think he's probably. My dad called me after the, the second episode last night to tell me for 20 minutes how he, it's a shame that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Interesting. <laughs> well, he's an incredible player. He won't get into the Hall of Fame. Like, is his is his time passed? No, I I don't think so. I think he I think he will get in the Hall of Fame someday. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. either way, went from all of that, kind of disappeared for a while. Was doing some WWE shit. I don't know. All over the place. We heard about him here and there, and then of course went viral for becoming friends with Kim Jong Un. So, dude, do you know about Kim Jong-un as a kid? I know that he grew up, uh, he was born in Russia, 
and then he um, was educated in Switzerland with yeah. his sister at a boarding school from 1996 to 2000. Yes, and it was one of those schools for like super rich kids. A lot of the time, it ends up being these like yeah. parents who are from African countries. Like I heard a story once about one of those schools that there was a rule that you couldn't take a helicopter after lunch to go elsewhere because these like rich kids of parents who were embezzling money were like giving them helicopters at school type of shit. Wow. But anyway, he went to boarding school under an alias. Yeah. So can you imagine being his roommate in boarding school? <laughs> You're like, who is this kid? He would hey, just walk Mike, around. Uh, can you pass me the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> literally want to play Parcheesi? Um, <laughs> how's your math homework coming, buddy? <laughs> yeah, apparently he wasn't a good school student, and he would have just always rock basketball jerseys. Like, he loved the Bulls. I could see that. I could yeah. see that. God, dude, that would have been fun to have been his roommate. It would have been insane. Because you get perks, you know what I mean? I would assume so, Like, right? he'll invite you to his birthday party, which would be in, like, Monaco. <laughs> right. And you'd fly down and have a table. And that's when you start to figure out that maybe his dad is not in construction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 100%. Yeah. That's so fucking funny. wild. Dude, so I, I, did a, I did a semester abroad at, um, in southern France when I was a junior. And it was at this school called Sciences Politique. Political science is what it translates Where is to. it? Well, their main campus is in Paris, but then they have a satellite campus in this little town on the French Riviera called Monton. It's the last town between France and Italy, literally on the border. Gotcha. And uh, so it's 15 minutes east of Monaco, 45 minutes east of Nice. And it, it's uh, a, a school, there, the whole the focus of the academics there is the Middle Eastern world and the Arab world. And so they do get a shitload of kids from Egypt, Lebanon, Turkey, Syria, Saudi Arabia, whose parents are very wealthy but want their children to receive a Western education. Right. And it was very interesting and cool in that way. Um, I, was, I think I was one of like two Americans that were studying there in the fall. But there was a kid, dude, who, I'm not kidding you, he had a, a driver who would pick him up in a Mercedes and like there were days where he would have the driver pick him up and then drive him three blocks down the street <laughs> to the pizza place to pick up a pizza. And like he would pay for the pizza with like a 500 euro bill and just be like, <laughs> keep the change. <laughs> and then he would get back in the car, drive back around the block and then get all, let off at the school to come up and eat his pizza. He was a Saudi awesome. kid. Dude, it was wealth like you've never ever fucking seen. I mean. That's incredible. Yeah. Dude, I, I wanted to put this out there. I saw some email about somebody trying to get you to perform in Saudi Arabia. You saw an email about that? Somebody followed up on being like, we were trying to get Francis to over to Saudi Arabia before all this happened, blah, blah, blah. Putting it out there, I will happily go to your country and perform. No matter yeah. where the fuck you live. Yeah, Let me know. I want to. I want to go to Saudi Arabia. I me really want to go there. Um, I would. I would do, that would be great. I would love to do an off the beaten path tour of Oops the so, podcast. Dude, this guy reached out to me. Where apparently Game of Thrones is huge in Saudi Arabia. Oh, really? Bigger, right? Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, same thing with their yeah situation. Yeah. So, uh, 
when I used to do those Game of Thrones songs, uh, those apparently like went viral in Saudi Arabia. Oh, uh, sick. Which kind of bummed me out because like I didn't, I didn't really get anything from that. But there was this dude who DM'd me who is a dual citizen, Saudi Arabia and America. He's married to an American woman. And he like goes back and forth. And he said, you know, that the, the new crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, has been, he's been kind of re-energizing the youth of the country, opening it up a little bit more. Uh, I think AMC Lowe's, he ordered like built 40 oh, yeah. uh, movie theaters and they hadn't had movie theaters. Allow, he, you know, he said that women can drive now. All, he's, he's trying to, quote unquote, liberalize the country a little bit, um, even though he's doing things like ordering the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. So, uh, yeah. It's oh, one, so one much step for our forward. invitation. <laughs> yeah, one step forward, one bone saw back. So, yeah, um, <laughs> well said. Dude. Whatever. All that's all that aside. Uh, he, this guy was like, well, you know, we're thinking we have this festival of the arts that are coming up, and it would be really cool for you to come perform. And I got super excited about this. Sick. Because I was like, man, maybe I have crowds of adoring Saudi Arabian fans. Fuck yeah. That I'll like, I'll just hit, hit upon this treasure trove, just go over, play my Game of Thrones songs, walk out with like fifty thousand large in cash. That was like, I saw it. I I saw it going no other way but that. Right. It's awesome, bro. And of course, none of that happened. Like, <laughs> you know, no nothing materialized. But let it be known that Julio and I would be more than excited to come perform in Saudi Arabia. Hell, we'll even. Uh, follow government censorship mandates. We won't talk about certain things if that's what you guys want. Um, it would be sick to perform there, dude. I would, I would love to go perform over there. Hundred percent. Me too, bro. What's the country that you would most likely to go want to go perform in if you had your choice? Well, I don't, I don't know really. To be honest, the answer to that because I would have to think about it because what country do I want to visit the most? Yeah. Uh, would be the same answer. And so I don't necessarily know the answer that? to that. Oh, you often. don't know. Okay. What about you? <sighs> Dude, I'm pretty fascinated with Russia right now. Um, I know that Andrew Schultz went over there to perform and I know they have like some English speaking nights. And I Dude, think I can hook you up. I know the guys. I was supposed to perform and I wasn't allowed in the country on time. That's right. That's yeah, right. I, can so I think that. that would be pretty cool to go over there and perform. Although I just don't know if going to russia as an american i i don't know if it's like a great idea or if you're really able to see and get a sense of much of the country as an american do you know what i mean so i i would argue that going and doing comedy there with guys who are producing an english-speaking night is the best possible way to do it it's yeah. not a it's not a travel-friendly country for foreigners as i know i've talked about it a bunch and You'll end up at best on some like guided tour that's interesting, but not that great. If you're with the guys who are from there, you will have a fucking amazing time. That sounds promising. Yeah, man. That does sound promising. Comedy is a great way to get, get a look behind the curtain. Absolutely. The best way, man. It's so, we're so lucky. But let's go to Saudi Arabia. I'd, I'd like to go there. Let's do it. Yeah. I've been, seeing, I've been seeing these TV commercials about tourism in Saudi Arabia. Me too. And it's a beautiful drone shot of a spit of sand into a, <laughs> you know, o oyster blue sea. And I don't know where that is, but I want to go there. Dude, it's funny. My dad works with the government a little bit because uh, he does all these soft power studies. Like that's his specialty. 
And what they're trying to do is since oil obviously is a resource that, you know, is becoming less important, but also they're going to run out someday. They're trying to figure out ways to uh, make money for the economy and other. So they're trying to figure out like alternative ways to do that. So they're like talking mm. to all these uh, like academic people and think tank people and trying to figure out ways to do it. So it's pretty cool. Fascinating. So okay. That, well, that, let, it must we'll talk to your dad. To yeah. Hell yeah. Why don't we wrap there? This has been a, a really worldly episode of Oops the Podcast, <laughs> along with that rat eating story. That was pretty, <laughs> pretty horrific. Um, yeah, I follow follow our uh, Instagram, Oops the Podcast. Send us your stories from quarantine uh, of anything, really. We're just happy to hear from you guys at, at Oops the Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Francis Ellis. He is Julio Gallarati. Any final words? Stay safe out there, guys. And sorry if we're tickling your wanderlust button. But, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty stir-crazy, too. So hopefully we'll all be traveling soon. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you in a few days. Adios.